I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family. Hey, hey, you're now tuning into Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones, Jr., the underdog with the Royal Heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today I have Mr. Derek Reynolds. He is from Wichita, Kansas, and he has a foundation called Hug a Dad Foundation for Dads. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, coming on and sharing uh, about your foundation. Uh, especially with Father's Day. This episode will drop on Father's Day because Father's Day is on a Sunday and we usually drop on Wednesdays. So uh, appreciate you coming on and being a father, active father, not just in your household, but in the community as well. Um, before we get into our conversation, today's sponsor is Christian DeWine. Uh, positive energy through your clothes. It's my personal brand. It's me and my sons. Uh, you can get T-shirts, hoodies, um, sweatshirts, uh, I think that's it, for law, for kids, for adults, women, men, whoever. It's usually um, like a different saying. We definitely going to have some Father's Day uh, shirts. I'm Well, we're recording way before Father's Day, so I'm definitely going to just check the website out. We'll have, uh, I'll have a um, promo code on um, Father's Day for uh, fathers. Um, you can go to ChristianDewan.com, use the promo code Underdog Talk and Underdog is spelled U-N-D-E-R-D-A-W-G and use that promo code, you get 15% off. So let's get into today's conversation. Um, how did it start, fatherhood? How did that look for you when you first found out you're about to have you a, um, a child? I was working on a railroad. I was traveling. I was doing track maintenance. I didn't want to do it anymore. So me and my, you know, my son's mother, we were together at the time. And we moved down to Texas where I was going to be a mechanic. And I didn't have to travel anymore. So that was my, you know, my initial, like, I'm ready to start a family. So we, we made that move. But it's like, it's crazy because I got sick. I, I found out I was, you know, I had heart failure. And um, she was pregnant at the same time. We found out at the same time. And it's just, our relationship just went downhill after that. She just, it just, we just started clashing. And it went from us being okay to us being like mortal enemies. And she left, she had a family come get her. So I didn't find out about my son until he was two months old. But I knew I was having a son because one day I, I was just, you know, I used to call her. I used to text her. I used to text her family members. And I just, I, I wanted I wanted information on, you know, what was going on. And since she was keeping me, you know, on the outside, I would just call. I would just constantly call whoever I could. And um, I looked her name up on Google and I found a baby registry under her name. And it was all boy stuff. So that's how I knew I was having a boy. But I didn't get to see him or, you know, 
you know, meet him or whatever, like get confirmation until he was two months old. That was uh, about like Easter. I called a coworker of a former coworker of mine that was also a coworker of a brother. And um, he got them to call me back, I guess. And that's, and that's what happened. She called me back and, you know, we set up the meeting. Wow. Uh, that's a crazy, um, that's a crazy way to kind of find out, you know, you, you find out you're about to have a child, you know, relationship and, you know, you change jobs. You're like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Black, like, nah, bro, you ain't, we, we got something different for you. And, you know, kind of how life is, um, that's how life happens sometimes. It's not necessarily you did anything wrong, um, you know, you were, whatever the case may be, you got sick, health, you know, stuff like that happens. And then sometimes people get sick, relationships go downhill for whatever reason it is. Um, a lot of times, I, I, I know that personally from knowing people, like I know people that got sick and then either while they were sick or after, like the relationships for some reason turned, you know, turned left. That's crazy that you had to wait like that time where she wasn't like, hey, you know, I had the baby, you know, you come see him, blah, blah, blah. You know, you had to wait all that time. But one thing I love what you said, you was consistent. You was calling. You call everybody. I'm calling my dudes. I'm calling auntie, uncle, brother. I'm then, then you say you Google. Like, I mean, hold on. We can Google some stuff. So you Googled, and then that's how you find out. I love that part about, uh, about the story, that she was consistent on figuring out what's going on because you knew you had a seed coming knew she was pregnant with your child. So it's like, okay, regardless what me and you got going on, I need to find out what's going on. So you find out, you know, um, about your son and what is like the next few years look like um, after you find out that you, you know, you have, you have a son. Well, um, so my son is four years old now. Um, like I said, we started this journey when he was two months. Um, I was living in, I was still living down in Texas. She had came back to Kansas with her family. So I used to drive up here and um, I would rent a hotel or I would stay with um, my, one of my homies used to live here. He had wound up moving out, but he, he was still here. So he would let me crash at his house sometimes. And I would come up here from Texas and I would see him. So then I have, um, I lost the job in Texas. So I moved to Kansas City. I got another job in Kansas City. So I was coming from there. That was close anyway. Chopped it down from six hours to three hour drive. So that was better. And um, I would come here. I would get a hotel room to see him. But, you know, I was trying to work it out with her, just me and her. I didn't want to go to the family court system. So... I came here and I would do the supervised visits at her dad's house, you know. And, you know, I tried to play her game. I tried to see if I could make her feel comfortable with me being around her, but that didn't work. After after a while, I got tired of her jerking me around. So I, I went ahead and filed the motion. Went and got a lawyer, filed the motion. And that was tough, man, because I was working... I was working at a railroad in Kansas City at the time. So I'm driving back and forth from there to here. You know what I mean? Sometimes after work, I have to drive here, 
come to court in the morning, then drive back because I work 3 to 11. Like, I'd be doing that stuff all in a day. And it was getting to be too much, especially on my heart condition. And on a job, it was, I was mentally taken away from the job. I started making um, bad mistakes at the job. So it just, it just got to be too much. And I just went ahead and, you know, with the, one thing they told me, we had to do mediation. And um, they told me if I moved here, that I would be able to see my son a lot more often. The mediator said the only reason why we're only giving you weekends or the only reason why, um, you know, just suggesting weekends is because you live so far. You live three hours away. So eventually I said, OK, a few months later, I wanted to move in here. So I'm thinking I'm going to walk in this office, tell this mediator, hey, you know, you said what you said. I'm here now. And when I did, you know, none of that stuff he said earlier was relevant to what was going on at the time. And, you know, I had a situation where I was coming from Kansas City. I came here. I had a hotel room. And my son's mother wanted to know my hotel room number, but I didn't have to tell her. So I didn't want to tell her because every time we get behind closed doors, she liked to say that I put my hands on her. So I said, let's keep everything public. So I told her I wasn't going to give her my hotel room number. Now, you can call the cops if you like to. And if they come and say I have to, then I will. So once she seen that I wasn't worried about that, she called up her family, few of her family members. Mom, dad, brother, you know, a couple people showed up and her mother uh, pepper sprayed me. While my son was not too far from me because I was trying to keep her from leaving. So I was trying to stay close to my son and wait for the police to come. And while I was doing that, her mom walked up, pepper sprayed me. They wound up, you know, prying my son car seat from me. So then they jetted off. They left. When the cops came, there was a witness because there was all types of people outside. And, you know, a guy told them exactly what happened. We went to court and they they classified it as a one off. They said it only happened one time. So they just blew it. You know, it was nothing. So the whole time I'm trying to figure out why I'm going to court mentioning this, that I got assaulted under court order and nobody's nobody's caring about it. And then when I talk to other dads and they tell me their story, that's way worse than mine. Then I say, oh, OK, I understand why mine wasn't that serious. It's other dads going through way worse assault cases and issues that's way more complex and way more unfair than mine. That's why they don't care about my situation. So that type of thinking is all what went into me starting the Hug a Dad Foundation. So now it's just, you know, I get to see my, I, I see my son and that's what I hear. I get to see my son. You know, that's what I get told by my son, mom, you get to see your son every, every weekend. But why I got to get to see him? Why can't I just see my son? You know, why I got to be the respondent? You know, why am I labeled as a visitor? I'm his dad. And I teach him stuff that don't nobody else teach him. And I know that because when I go to teach him, he don't know it. Exactly. So. Man, I, 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 love, I, love, I love your story, man. Like, you, you didn't give up. And throughout driving six hours to have to drive in three hours, you know, going to work, going to the court, 
you know, going through a situation where, you know, luckily, you know, your son might not remember that particular situation, but you'll always remember it, but luckily he might not remember it, but that just sucks that something like that happened while he was around and it's, you know, could be prevented. But um, from you talking to other dads, uh, that def- that definitely is important with being a dad by talking to other dads and just listening to them. Because sometimes, you, uh, like you said, you heard dad's story that's way worse than yours. Like your story is worse than, you know, my situation because yours is longevity. I just recently had the, got a divorce and, you know, you go through all that different stuff. But it's not, you know, our situation is not bad, so I want to say that. But it's just different. And then you hear it, and then it's like, you're like, okay, let me start a foundation. So what made you name it Hug a Dad? Like, what? Did you have any other names or that was just something that came up to you? Came up to your mind? Oh, yeah. I, I was I was uh, cycling through, um, I think, maybe one other name. But the reason why I called it Hug a Dad was because you know, sometimes people make things a lot more complex than what it really needs to be. Sometimes we do that, other people do that, you know, whatever. But I think if we really root, if we really get down to the root, if you have a bad day, if you have a good day, whatever, if you come home from doing whatever you've been doing all day and somebody's there to appreciate your presence, give you something as simple as a hug. I feel like for any man that make a difference, no matter what kind of day they had, if you just hug that man for, and this goes for wives, you know, whoever, any man in your life that you love or that you care for, you respect, you give that man a hug. That's, that's what that is. That's important to him. Even though he might not say it, that's important to him. And that's, you know, that's that's how I came up with the name. I love it, man, because you're definitely right. Like, even as a man, we're not going to say we necessarily want to hug, but sometimes we need a hug. We, you like, do. You want to hug? Yeah. It, but we might, like, you know, like, women, they more like, oh, they huggy. You might have, there's guys, and I do know guys that's, hug, you know, huggers, but it's like, you might not seem like you the type to hug, but, like, me being a teacher, like when the students come up and hug me, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, I feel good after that hug. So I definitely understand what you're saying. Or my son, definitely when he see me, especially if I pick him up, pick him up from school and he he not expecting me, he like, oh, he'll run up or we do our handshake or whatever. And it's just a great yeah. feeling to, like you said, know somebody appreciates you as a human, not as whatever your title is at work, not, you know, not even just a dad, just being a man somebody gives you a hug and like you feel appreciated as a human. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something right. Like that, that yeah. getting that hug makes you feel like you're doing something right. So I love that. So, um, how did you, how did you necessarily like start the, the foundation? Was it by yourself? Is it still by yourself? Um, what was that process? The beginning steps looking like for you? <clears throat> well, so, you know, like I said, I was in and out of family court. You know, I was going so often. Sometimes it was from me filing motions. Sometimes it wasn't. Um, I was trying to come up with, you know, it's crazy when you think about it. When you think about how you're trying to come up with ways so you can see your own kid. 
you know, like I'm going to family court and they telling me that I'm not in the best interest of my son. So then who is? That's my question. That's my question. I mean, like, what do you mean I'm not in the best interest? Like what, you know, is it somebody else? Because to be truthful, if you have a if you have a single mother who's taking her child to, you know, aunt house one day, uncle house another day, brother house this day, because she don't have no other options, we say she being strong and she's doing the best she can. And that's cool. I respect that. But why would you tell me I'm coming here to see my son at the time I'm sitting around waiting on disability to see if I was going to get accepted into, you know, as, as disabled or whatever. So I can't work because I'm waiting for the paperwork to go through. So I'm going to family court saying, I'm here. I just moved here. I'm still getting disability money from, you know, working on the railroad. My son might as well be with me while his mother works. That only makes sense. And they say, no, he's too young for that. He's too young to, you know, that's going to be too much of a shock to his schedule or his routine. So you, so then we don't even discuss what his current routine is. We just say that we know that going with the father is the wrong idea, regardless of what his current routine is. I wish at that time I had the, uh, the mindset I do now to ask that type of question. Well, let's let's talk about his routine that he has now and let's weigh the options. But for them to say that is completely wrong. So me as a father, what you think I'm going to feel if I hear somebody else is in the best option for my son? I ain't got no criminal record. I ain't never done nothing to nobody. How am I not in the best interest of my own son? And not to mention, I'm I'm the one that's filing motions. I'm a pro se, I'm a pro se litigant. I go to the court and pay my little $77 and file my own motion, write it all up or get on the computer, post it, pick out the date on the calendar, all that. So how can you say that I'm not like when I go to court and you tell me that I'm thinking of myself, I'm not thinking of my son. How can you tell me that if I'm here, I could be doing something else right now. You know, I'm I'm married now. I got I got two kids with my wife now. Do you really? Let, let me let's be honest. Do I need to be chasing the situation? I could have dropped that like so many other men do, and I could have said, you know what? They playing games. I'm gonna just stick to what I got going on over here. But no, I'm not gonna do that. But why would you tell me that? I'm thinking of myself. Or I'm not thinking of my son's best interest. If I'm going out of my way. To stay in Wichita, Kansas, where there's not much to do. If I was thinking to myself, I'd be in a bigger city right now. That's I'm from a big city. Why would I stay here? That's for him. So when I go to court and y'all tell me that, y'all throwing y'all throwing salt in my face. So now he's able to go and be with whoever the mom, whoever his mom allows him to be with. Nobody's gonna check into that. Nobody's gonna look into who he's with or any of that is just as long as he's not with his dad. That don't make any sense to me. No, I don't. And how is that the case? You know, I'm a paraprofessional. I work in the school. 
and I got children. I got two kids who's younger than my oldest son. So you telling me that my oldest son is too young? Like I used to go to court and they'd say, I'd be asking to see my son. He's like one and a half, two or something like that. I'm asking him to see my son. They say, well, he's too young. You know, he's too young to be taken away from the mother at this time. You know, let's just give you this little bit of time. And then I go home and my wife go to work and leave me at the house with my infant. And I'm like, that don't make any sense. I just got told that my oldest son is too young to be with me right now. But now I'm at home with my youngest. Yeah, that's 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 crazy to to hear to hear that like you know I you know you hear stuff like that but to actually hear that like that makes no sense at all like <clears throat> to have to be an active father like you gonna go to bat for your child just like the mother would so it don't matter because parenting don't have a uh, we don't got a guide right? oh you become a parent here goes your here goes your notebook. It goes the workbook, it's the journal. No, it ain't none of that. So it's like, no matter who, no matter if a mom has a child, that don't mean she's a good fit mom. I'm not saying that your son's mom's not, but just in general, just speaking, when courts do that to dads, it's like, this woman ain't even set to be a mom, but and I am, and I'm trying to be the one to get my child, but I can't get him because I'm a man. That makes no sense. And it, and it sucks for us as men that we have to deal with a lot of the bullshit just because of some stupid court system. When, if you look at it, majority of uh, men run companies. The majority of the men run the world. So if we can run the world. Why the hell we can't run our household? Why can't we raise our kids? That makes no sense at all to me. Like, if something was to happen to my son's mom, hey, my whole schedule, everything that I got going on, got to change because he in my life. Like, when he comes to stage with me, it's like, I got to change my schedule for him. You know, I'm, I'm like, I don't under, I think that, that I'm, I'm, I, think God, I thank God that he never put me in any of those kind of situations. Because I'm going to go, I, I might get locked up because I'm going to go crazy. Like, what? I can't see my son. You watch your mind. Somebody would tell me that I can't see my son. Like, you, let me tell you, you can't see your child. And, like, how does that feel? So, that, that, that sucks. And you're not the only dad. And it's a lot of dads in the world. And we're not just talking about black dads. We're talking about all dads. Go through this dumbass system that they have against us because of whatever reason. Now, there's some bad dads, but I, I want people to list that was list that's listening to think about what you said. You're filing the motion. You're trying to see your son. There's dads that not trying to see their son and the mom like, oh, He's not trying to see him, and then mom taking him to court. You're taking her to court just so you can see your son more than every other weekend. And that, and that, no, you can't do that. What kind of sense does that make? It took two people to have. It take two people to have sex to have a child, so it take two people to raise a child. Well, yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sorry. According to the according to the court system. When you bring up something like that, it takes two people to have a child, so it's two people to raise a child. When you bring up something like that, you usually talk about financially. It's not time-wise. The court doesn't care, you know, how much time you spend with your kid, but they will regulate how much money you spend on your kid. You know, they will they will expect that from you, but they don't expect you to build a relationship with your kid. And so when you say family court, 
what is family court? If you you saying that you're here for the best interest of the child, well, how is it in the best interest of the child that I file a motion to see my son and I get told no? So now I have to pay lawyer fees because I asked to see my son. I don't have a lawyer, but I have to pay her lawyer fees now because she decided to go get a lawyer. And that's only because I asked to see my son. So what what you know what what I did was I created this foundation. And what I want to do is I want to promote fatherhood, mentorship, and positivity throughout the community. I believe that, you know, as fathers, we need to form our own community, like a voting block, where, you know, we hold our lawmakers accountable. If you're not going to legislate for for these fathers' rights, if you're not going to legislate to change these family court laws, then we're not going to vote for you. Simple as that. We got to stop allowing these people to be in these positions without doing the work for us. And we elect them because they know our favorite song or they know how to do the dances we do or they, you know, relate to us in some kind of way. But we need to cut that out. We need to elect people who go and legislate because when you're looking at district attorneys and, you know, these district court judges and, you know, these uh, state legislators and all these things, those are the people who make the laws that mostly affect you. We think it'd be the president or the popular politicians we see on TV. Now it'd be the local legislators. And we don't vote in the midterms. And that's what we need to start doing. We need to start voting in these midterms. Because these be the guys who be, you know, making these policies that hinder us the most. Yeah, and that's what, we're to, that's what we're trying to promote. You know, that's one thing we're trying to promote. Yeah, didn't mean to cut you off, but that's definitely uh, true. So, um, being transparent, like, I didn't know that until recently, like, uh, maybe the last two or three, maybe I'd say maybe the last, like, four years. Like, you know, you, you got to vote for the president or whatever, but then, because around my birthday, which is in May, you know, they had another election, and I'm like, okay, whatever, I don't need to and I never knew who to vote to vote for. So like, I'm not even gonna go vote because I don't know even who these people are because we don't realize that's who uh, makes our community where we actually live run the way that it is. So you're definitely right. Like, uh, I love where you said a community, like it's fathers, because it's when it's men together, like you can't stop a, a force of men that got a purpose. Like, I don't care who you are, what's going on, like when it's a force of men, they got a purpose and they all on the same page. You're not gonna be able to stop that. And that's gonna be able to. That's gonna not just be able to help with the voting, but that's gonna be able to help the community, educate the community. I mean, because we don't know that. Like the small folks, then we can be able to help the younger people understand. Like, don't just get hype on voting for the president, but vote for these people. And then, kind of like, I don't know how exactly how old you are. I'm 30. I just turned 36. So back when I was a kid, like, the police was in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like, you knew who, even though they might have been a dick or whatever, you know, you didn't really like certain people because that's how police are. But you knew who they were. Nowadays, you don't know who they are, and then they come into the, your community, and then the first thing they want to do is shoot. It's like, hold on, wait a minute. You don't even know who that is. You know, 
So that I love that idea. And you said that's just one part. So um, kind of explain your program, like your foundation, what, what it all consists of and um, how can other communities, not just in, in your city, but how can other communities in other states, uh, you know, be helpful to you? Well, it's funny that you just mentioned that thing about the police because I'm actually on the um, diversity and inclusion panel for the, the police department in my city, my local the police department. And we talk about that type of stuff all the time. We talk about that, you know, about the police coming to our neighborhoods, knowing us, you know, stopping, waving, speaking, you know, things like that. So that's that's just wild that you mentioned that. But um, so what we want to do is we want to affect, we want to change the way our young people, our youth are growing up right now as we speak. Um, we want to affect how, you know, men are able to be fathers to their children, especially the single dad. And we want to help cultivate, you know, positive relationships with families and stuff like that. So we come in on different angles, but, you know, the important thing is like, doing the things that's going to create that positivity. So like, we want to bring a trade school. We want to bring a trade school to our community um, where we could teach our young people different trades, um, especially like the foster care youth, the youth in foster care who are, you know, in these, you know, facilities and these systems and they just age out and they age out without any trade, without any training without any any serious education. So now they're 18 and they're homeless. I want we want to change that. We want to make it so that, you know, by the time these kids age out of foster care, they have a trade. They have a skilled trade learned. And if not, they can stay in a transition house and learn a skilled trade and learn these different life skills that will help them that will help take them further in life. You know, um we want to we want to teach we want to teach dads you know like i said i'm a pro se i'm a pro se father we want to teach more fathers we want to influence more fathers to be pro se because these lawyers right now are making a killing off of us off of our dysfunction um when you think about it what is a family lawyer going to do if families start sticking together family lawyers ain't going to make as much money. So their job is to divide the family by nature. If they don't divide the family, then they don't eat. So if, if especially as men, if we stop hiring these family lawyers and we just go on our own, especially the ones who don't have the complex cases, you know, the ones who don't have the criminal aspect and all that extra stuff to it, we want to we want to start getting some courses together, start getting some people together and we can teach our community, not just black people, but just men, period, how to go to court, how to represent themselves and get good time with your kids. Because, I mean, I've I've gotten I get at least I get every weekend right now with my son. And, you know, I did that all by myself when I had my lawyer, when I was paying for a lawyer. 
she was playing games with me, in my opinion. And one thing I say to look out for is when you go to court and the first thing your lawyer do is call for a conference and they go in that back room and they talk. My personal opinion is they are not doing you any favors behind them closed doors. Because why do they need to talk behind closed doors? Why can't they talk in front of you? And then what they do is they come back and they and they and they act like they tried and fought so hard, but all they could get was just this little bit. I've had lawyers lie to me. You know, I've had lawyers tell me stuff that just wasn't true, flat out. And I'm paying these people. So we need to start representing ourselves. We need to get together as a community. You know, we need to have it so that if one of us is having trouble, we can reach out to somebody and we can get those, we can get the resources that we need. And that's what, you know, that's that's what the Hug a Dad Foundation is trying to be. We're trying to be the resource for the community. And we partner with, um, you know, my mentor, he has foundations called Dad's Care Too. He hosts book club. We have uh, fatherhood meetings, you know, every week where we could just come and talk about what it is to be a father, what it is to be a husband. I myself has gained a lot of knowledge in these meetings myself. I never lived with, you know, a man. I never, I didn't have anybody who was married. I didn't know how you were supposed to be as a husband. So I'm learning all this on the fly. And it's difficult. And I feel like every man needs somebody or multiple people they can go to to um, vent these frustrations and get back experience so that you can help you know, improve your relationships. Definitely. Uh, because, because, because having advice from people who've been together for 20, 30 years is what's, you know, helping me, you know, navigate my relationship in, in, in such early, in such early years. Yep. I, uh, I love everything that you just said, like in the way that you want to help uh, dads, but not just help dads, but help the community and being able to be a resource for people to get information that they might not necessarily know about um, that's out there for them to obtain. A lot of stuff is easy to obtain, but we don't know about it. And just for you wanting to give that information out, it definitely, uh, it's kind of like barbershop talk, but it's a little more grown talk. Like we get around the right kind of old heads and OGs and they telling you, you know, they've been married for this long. They telling you, nah, this ain't what you That's the reason why I'm married because I got around men that were married. You know, my marriage didn't, wasn't, my first marriage wasn't successful, but, you know, I still learned a lot from being around different men and how to be a man. Like you said, when you don't have a, a dad or he's not showing you how to actually be a man because a lot of times we think a man going to work, coming home, paying the bills and all that. It's a lot more to uh, you want to be a successful man. So uh, I applaud you for everything that you're doing and have done. And I to hear more about uh, your foundation. I definitely going to have you on again so we can see where, you know, what what's going on, what uh, how far you came. So, um, Give some dads three tips on things that they can do to 
And dads that are maybe it could just be dads in general. It could be dads going through court situation, whatever. But from your perspective, um, what are three things dads can do to better their situation when they're not with their child's mom? Well, I think when it comes to being a father when you're not with the kid's mom, I would say you have to try from the beginning. Try to approach it and you know, calm way, you know, try to be pleasant, work it out, things like that. When you find out that you can't, just make sure that you're diligent. You know, understand that anything and everything you do is going to be something that's going to be critiqued. It's never going to be enough. You know, I've been in court, you know, to say I was a bad dad over dingy socks. You know, people people get it all different kinds of ways. I've I'm I'm a bad dad because I don't show up. You know, I have I, I didn't show up right on time to pick him up. You know. And so so this is the thing, right? Like you gotta see, you gotta be able to see the attacks because the attacks are gonna come. And it's gonna it's gonna be attacks to try you. Like for instance, you know, I'm you know, I'm a bad dad because I wasn't able to pick up my son right at ten o'clock when I'm supposed to. But if the night before when I called you and asked you, hey, I got something to do in the morning. I might not be able to be there right at 10. Can I pick him up now so that I'm not late tomorrow? And then you say no. But then if I show up late tomorrow, then you use that against me and say, I'm not a good father. I show up late, things like that. You got to be able to see these attacks coming and don't let them get you out of your character because that's what they designed for. Don't let, don't let nobody, if you a father, and you know what you're doing, and you know that you're fighting to be in your kid's life, then nobody can question you. And you got to be able to build up that confidence to know that. Um, I would say that um, <clears throat> don't give up. Exhaust every option. You know, this is n- number two. Um, exhaust every option for your kid. Never give up. Just imagine how you would feel. You know, if somebody if somebody fought for you, Imagine the admiration that you would have for that person. And that's what I do. I use that anger, you know, because I say nobody can tell me about my son. Nobody could tell me, you know, what's best for my son, especially you not even around my son. And I allow and that anger that I feel when I feel disrespected as a father, I take that and I try to use it in the most positive way I can. That's how the foundation started. You know, that's how we're trying to do positive things in the community. That's how we're trying to build, you know, these different resources for fathers, you know, veteran fathers, you know, just homeless people. We're trying to help, you know, we're trying to help build up our community because we see like with this COVID thing, think of how many young people lost their guardians, their mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. How are these kids going to grow up? You know, if you give if you give these young people a couple minutes conversation just to let them know, you know, 
that's big for them. That's important for them. I've seen it personally. So I would say, if you're a dad, talk to your kids. That's one thing I do. I talk to my son. My four-year-old, we have conversations. Have conversations with your, with your kids as young as you can. Let them know, you know, how you feel about them. Talk to them the way you want them to talk to you. That's what I started doing. You know, my son, when I would pick my son up, he would cry sometimes. And I started telling him, like, hey, don't you want to see me? I want to see you. You know, I'll be missing you. I want you to come over, you know. And then eventually he started talking like that to me. So just talk to your kid. Show them, show them, tell them how you feel. You know, be transparent with them in, in different ways. Just be there. That's important. And be active in your community. You know, be the person, be the, be the man on your street to where the youngins on your block will point at you and say, no, nah, don't do that in front of him. You know, that's, that's Eric. He, go, you know, he gave us, he gave, he gave, he gave him some sneakers last time or he gave him a shirt or he gave him some advice. You know, we respect him. We ain't going to do that in front of him. And more and more, I feel like crime will dwindle. More and more fathers are in the picture. More and more fathers will be in the picture because everything is monkey see, monkey do. If I get a tattoo, on my neck, you might get one too. So if everybody in your neighborhood is with their kids, nine times out of ten, you probably gonna fall in line eventually too. And that's for the deadbeats. Or not deadbeats, but the ones who decide not to be in their kids' lives, because we do have those as well. But the for the ones who wanna be there, stay there. And let's and let's all apply pressure to this court system. And that's what I would say. I love it. I love it. And what did I, um, what I love the most is having a conversation because I definitely, from the time I took my son home, like I've always had a conversation. I don't think I've ever talked to him in a baby voice, anything, because like you said, you want your child to be able to talk back to you, um, be able to ask questions, be able to feel comfortable talking to you. Um, and like you said, like, don't just be a dad to your kid, be a dad to the community. And I'm definitely like that. Like, if I see something going on, I'm saying something, like, you know, I'm, I'm getting involved. Like, what, what y'all got going on? Or if, I, if I'm at the park with my son, I see a kid, he's going to play ball. Come on, you can play with us, you know. Now my son got somebody, how they cool and they conversating, the kid feel better about just being at the court. And he was playing by himself, now he's playing with somebody else. And then just showing – other kids that they're actually dads out there because sometimes when you when you're an active dad and you go places you might be the only dad and your kid doesn't you know he takes it for granted that you're in his life but that's because they're young and they don't understand as they get older they're gonna remember like dang my dad was always there only my bro dad he I never really remember seeing him and you know you get to your your child appreciates you more as they get older because they're gonna realize man my dad was always there for me. Or you could be the neighborhood dad, or man, Mister Such and Such, Mister uh, Reynolds. He was he was here, man. I remember he came to my graduation, man. I remember uh, he taught me how to tie a tie, you know, different stuff. Exactly. Like, that'll be able to help in the community. So before exactly. uh, before you tell everybody how they can reach you, how they can um, find out more about the um, foundation on social media or internet, period. Uh, what's an underdog quote that you? 
could be something you live by, it could be something you heard. But what's the quote for uh for dads for Father's Day that you got? Oh man. Um we shall overcome someday. That's how I feel. Because if we if we keep applying pressure, if people keep seeing that dads are there, we care. You know, we, we speaking up. We speaking up about our issues. And then that's when people will start having to pay attention. We'll have to give them, we'll have to show them that they have to. If you don't pay attention, then, you know, we don't support that or we don't vote for that or, you know, we don't respect that. We don't welcome that, whatever it may be. We got to we gotta learn to stand together and support each other. I love it. Short, sweet, to the point. We should love what's coming. And if you're a dad, especially, and this not, this uh, might not pertain to like dads that's married, you know, in their kid's life, but it's with dads just in general sometimes. Because you, like you said, you're married now. You still got to go through the BS in previous relationships. So it's for this, 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 we shall overcome. I think that's what I might name the episode. But um, it's because. Can I say, can, I, I, I want to say something real quick to the dads who married, though. Because we understand to the dads who married, we still have a lot, too. You know, we still got to run the household or try to run the household. We still got to, you know, especially for people like me, we got to learn how to deal with certain situations, how to de-escalate arguments, how to, you know, keep the relationship intact, how to be faithful. Like, there's things, and it's more than just, you know, I used to think I could be a good husband if I'm just a good guy, but it's more than that. You got to actually do certain things in order to be a good husband. And so... I would say to the fathers, and I just want to relate something too, because there's times when I have when I have a bad day with my uh, son's mother, but I'm also, you know, having a rough day with my wife too. And that's a tough day. Mm. No, that's a tough day when you when you having a rough day with both. So yeah, I, like I said, I think I'm gonna name that because that that's definitely something that dads have to overcome. I'm glad you broke that down for uh, dads that's married too. Because it don't stop not saying uh, we're not looking at you guys because all dads are important. Because I think a lot of married dads, that they can be more of the people reach out to you on social media, on the internet. How can they um, find out more about Hugger Dad Foundation? If you, um, you know, you can go on social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. I'm on all those platforms, uh, Derek C. Reynolds, you know, my name, or you can type me in as Hugger Dad, Dad Foundation. Um, if you type it in on Google, um, a few of my interviews, and usually, like, when I type it in, usually my social media platforms come up. So I would say, you know, if you just go on Google and type in Hugger Dad, a few interviews, my social media platforms should pop up. Uh, I'm, re- I'm working on rebuilding my website right now. It's kind of outdated and uh, trying to trying to uh, revamp it and uh, add some new stuff to it. So uh, that'll be up soon. But you can also uh, contact me at 
Hugadad, H-U-G-A-D-A-D, um, at gmail.com. Hugadad at gmail.com. And um, I'm pretty I'm pretty easy to get in contact with. Appreciate that. And I definitely will have the links in the show notes uh, when the episode drops on Father's Day. And actually, uh, Father's Day, I, I probably I might have two episodes drop because I forgot that uh, Juneteenth is actually the same day is Father's Day. So that's going to be a, a, a great Father's Day. It's going to be a lot of barbecue going on. And hopefully we don't got to do the barbecue. Um, yeah, we will. So, yeah. So you can um, listen to Underdog Podcast, Underdog Talk Podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms on social media. It's Underdog Talk Podcast. Underdog is spelled U-N-D-E-R-D-A-W-G. Uh, underdog Talk Podcast at gmail.com. If you have a story, if you want to get on, if you know somebody, if you got feedback, whatever the case may be. Um, again, I appreciate you, um, Eric, for your for coming on for your foundation and just the knowledge that you kind of, you know, gave a different aspect on being a dad and some of the stuff that we have to go through. Uh, again, appreciate you. I definitely going to have you on again so we can find out um, how the foundation is doing and how other communities, you know, once you get it rolling, rolling, how other communities can participate if they, you know, can do something in their own community. Um, you got any closing words before we get out of here? For closing words, I would just say that, um, you know, strong fi- strong families build strong communities, and um, I think if we can hone in that hone in on that a little bit more, and we can create, you know, more transparency with our officials, and hold them to more account, and you know, hold each other to more account as well. I mean, we all grew up, you know, I'm pretty sure we grew up in the same culture, you know, where we don't really want to, where we're, we don't really want to do too much, you know, talking to the police. But at the same time, not all police are the same. So, you know, we can grow in different ways, in different positive ways. And that's what I would challenge everybody to do is just grow. I love it. And on that note, peace, one love.